welcome. We are uh, um, so happy that you're here for uh, our Veterans Day weekend. Uh, we're going to honor our vets today in the service, uh, people that have served our country and are serving our country right now. Um, and uh, so that's why I chose that song, Marching to Zion. It's got that little military feel to it. But uh, we are all soldiers for the, for the cross. And uh, so uh, it's, uh, it's wonderful. So we're going to be celebrating that today. So thank you for being here. It's a beautiful, cold, cold fall day. But it's a beautiful day to be in God's house. So we are uh, studying our lessons on uh, building below the baselines, working on our foundation of our Christian life. Um, and uh, so today, uh, you'll notice in your notes, we're going to be talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness. The Bible's very clear and talks, uh, gives us great instruction on forgiveness. Um, if anything, as a Christian, we ought to be people that forgive. Uh, even under persecution, even uh, in times of trials, um, people ought to see forgiveness out of our lives. But as humans, it's very easy, very easy to allow uh, bitterness and things to, to remain in your life uh, that, that hamper uh, the ability to forgive and ultimately hamper your, your work for God, your, your testimony for God. So we're going to be in uh, the Ephesians today. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 32. Um, and uh, it, there's some very interesting verses in here. And, and almost, uh, when we'll read it, we'll talk about it. But uh, it almost throws you off a little bit when you, when you read part of it. And you're going, well, I, well, we'll just get into it. So verse 24, um, I'm sorry, verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that we may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. God has bestowed his forgiveness on us when we didn't deserve it. So we have the perfect example there. You can stop right there. But he gives us instruction uh, out of his word about forgiveness. And we ought to be a people of, uh, a Christian ought to be a forgiving person. Um, uh, a, a carnal Christian, a, 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 a maybe a world, I guess a worldly or just a Christian in name, is going to struggle with forgiveness. But if we are, if we are led by the Lord and we are, uh, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, we should have uh, bit, uh, forgiveness in our life. And bitterness is going to rob us, us of, of that. Um, Jim and Elizabeth Elliott. Jim Elliott was a missionary to the Aka Indians. And he had a burden to share the gospel with these uh, primitive people. And he and five, five other men, uh, uh, four other missionaries, uh, on their first journey to meet with the Akas, uh, were, were ultimately on what seemed like it was going to be a good visit, were ultimately killed, speared to death. Uh, they gave their lives for the ministry. To many people's surprise, Elizabeth and her 10-month-old daughter returned to live with these, the same tribe that 
that murdered her husband and friends. And she ultimately led many of them to the Lord, to include the man who killed her husband and became a wonderful friend of hers. She showed ultimate forgiveness. So much so, she put that forgiveness to her feet and went. Boy, it'd be hard. You hear stories of people who who've, um, are at a, at a trial of someone who murdered a loved one. And you hear more stories of people who are just so glad that they were convicted or whatever, or, or they still feel justice was not served. And then you hear the few that forgiveness was given. And a, a, a life was taken, but a life was changed because of the forgiveness spirit of a person, of a, of a victim. Lives can be fixed because of forgiveness. Lives can be restored because of forgiveness, but without it, they can't. Um, we're going to get to see in, in these passages um, some, some things that, that, that to prevent us uh, from having bitterness in our lives and things that, because we're going to be wronged. You're going to be wronged. And sadly to say, we are not a perfect church. We serve a perfect God. Remember that. We're not a perfect church. We are people who are sinful and we will hurt others. Hopefully not intentionally, but it might be you don't know what somebody's going through and they might not say hi that one day. Pastor talks about that. They didn't say hi to me when I, when I waved my hand and I'm cutting them off. Well, no, no. Give a little grace. But, but we're going we're gonna to see, uh, see how uh, this lack of forgiveness comes about and we're going to see what we can do uh, to... Uh, to restore and to have forgiveness in our lives. Number one, we need to reject, in our verses, we need to reject Satan's temptation. Satan's temptation. Uh, he, his first thing is he wants us to have bitterness in our lives. He wants us to not be able to forgive. Um, he, 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 uh, he, that's his goal. There's two goals that he's going to have here. One is to sin in anger. He wants us to sin in anger when we are wronged. Be, in verse 26 at start, be ye angry and sin not. When the moment of hurt comes, our natural reaction is to respond in anger. It's the easy way. James 1.20 says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Now sometimes anger is righteous. There is righteous anger. Jesus showed that. And when he, in Mark 3.5, when he, when he looked around about them with anger, grieved, but being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was made whole. Jesus was angry, but he directed it towards sin. It was not towards a person. It was towards the sin. Um, uh, he, it caused him to uphold righteousness. And you've got to remember, that Jesus freely yielded his rights when he died on the cross. Uh, and uh, in Isaiah 53, 7, he was oppressed and was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Matthew Henry once said, if we would be angry and sin not, we must be angry at nothing but sin. And we should be more jealous for the glory of God than for any interest or reputation of our own. This is the kind of anger that Jesus displayed. See, our problem with anger is it usually leads towards sin. 
So the Bible's instructing us to sin, uh, uh, be angry, but sin not. We have to use uh, Jesus as an example. Benjamin Franklin made an astute observation about anger when he said, whatever is begun in anger ends in shame. So the devil will tempt you to sin in anger. Remember, he wants to do the opposite of what God does. He wants to tempt us to sin in anger. But B, he wants us to stay in anger. This is where many people struggle. When anger uh, lingers in our heart, we're not to allow that to happen. Uh, it, it finishes off on verse 26. And let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Wrath is intense anger. It's a ven- there's a vengeance, idea of vengeance behind it. My mother, when, uh, when Cheryl and I were engaged, uh, a wise woman of instruction told us, she said, don't ever, ever go to sleep angry. Yeah. Your mind can race so much. And have you ever, I, I've done this before, with uh, even with family members, maybe extended family members you don't agree with anymore or whatever. Have you ever made something up to get you angry? Have you ever done that? You know, maybe, maybe we're not seeing eye to eye or whatever, so, so now um, you, you start making things up about the next time I'm going to see them, you know. This is what I would say. Really? You know, you, you, it, you, you, it, that's an anger. That's, a, that's something in there that's, that's, that's got a bad root. I, we ought not to have that. I, I struggle with that. But, but for married folks, for, for anybody, I mean, that, that's a great for friends. For your Christian, you know, if you felt that maybe you harmed someone or, you, um, uh, or they harmed you, get it right. Get it fixed. A husband and wife were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. A young acquaintance of theirs was in, uh, theirs, uh, asked them uh, the most helpful thing that they had done for their 50 years of marriage. The husband replied, we never go to sleep angry with each other. He was very impressed until his wife chimed in and says, and the longest we've ever stayed awake was a week. <laughs> never be too proud to do whatever is necessary to end the day with in accord with one another to fix that. Hebrews 12, 15 says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Let's take that to heart. The Holy Spirit uh, will help show you any root of bitterness in your life. Ephesians 4.27 uh, tells us to neither give place to the devil. Uh, that, 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 uh, that place to the devil is like actually a, an accommodation. A, topo- it's a The word is from a map, topography. Meaning, it would be like saying, uh, if, if I'm going to give place to the devil, it's like I'm saying a part of my heart, a part of my area in my life, saying, Lord, that's not yours, that's going to be for the devil. We wouldn't consciously do that, would we? I mean... We wouldn't, we wouldn't say, I have a room in my house reserved for Satan, reserved for evil. But that's kind of what that is. This, this when, when he says the root of bitterness to give, to give place to the devil, that's, that's saying I'm reserving this for the bitterness, for the sin, for the things that God, yeah, you're not going to, this is, we wouldn't do that. But we do. We do. 
God has all of us. Let him have all of us. Uh, but put ye on Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fill the lust thereof. That's from Romans 13, 14. So we, we, we know about what Satan, uh, he, he wants us to be angry. He wants us to stay angry. Number two, uh, he, we need to reflect biblical grace. We need to reflect Biblical grace. So, so if you're not going to be angry, if you're not going to, how do you, how do you do that? So you need to do something else. Um, we need to respond with grace. There's two ways, two ways which we, we can respond in grace. One is, letter A is in our actions, in what we do. Uh, Ephesians, back to Ephesians 20, 28. Now, let's read this. Let him that stole, steal, stole, steal no more, but rather let him labor. Working with the, his hands the thing which is good that he may have that he may have to give to him that needeth. I will tell you the first time I read this, maybe several times I read this. I went, okay, this is one of those things where that's out of place. We're, we're talking about uh, forgiveness. We're talking about bitterness. We're talk, and then all of a sudden he's talking about somebody stealing. It just feels like you know. Why is that there? That probably should have been on another, another paragraph. Um, we're changing our topics. But so, so just going over it, we, we, we think, oh, I'll just have to skip that. That obviously doesn't mean anything because it doesn't really fall in line. But actually it does. It does. Every word in this Bible has something for us. Yeah. And it's there for a purpose. And it's there in the order that, that it's supposed to be. I, I believe that God is a God of order. Yeah. I'm so thankful he's a God of order. When you do have things that you come across in the Bible that you don't understand, just, just, keep, just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. But, and, and maybe find somebody who might. Like, you know, it's okay to say, I didn't get this. Uh, I, this is a little aside, but I mean, Cheryl and I have talked sometimes where I had a Bible reading that day, and it was one of those hard parts in the Old Testament. And you go, why is that there? I, 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 I have God that loves me and a God of grace and I just, I don't like that. I don't like what the Israel, Israelites were like. And, but it's there for a purpose. Maybe it's to show the grace that he has for us, that we don't have to live in a life like that. I didn't understand a lot of things in the, in the Old Testament and New Testament, uh, but it's there for a purpose. So this is there for a purpose. Let them that stole steal no more. This verse is not unrelated at all. In this verse, stealing is being used as a parallel word picture that we're that to to not that we do not reflect God's grace and we remain in our anger. So, so stealing and unforgiveness both disregard the command of God as we reject God's grace. Stealing is a form of pride, believing I should have uh, something that I do not have. Anger is a form of pride believing that I should be treated way differently than I have been treated. It's using it as a parallel. Pride demands that we get what we think we deserve. On a material level, uh, that insistence leads to theft. On the emotional level, it leads to anger. So that has its place. Um, steal not. So that's it, so, but what he's saying is, let, in your anger, uh, let your actions appropriately uh, reflect uh, grace and, and forgiveness. But also, let it be in our words. Our words can wound so bad. Words wound so bad. 
Let, not, let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, in verse 29 of our text. Um, edifying, I love that word. We need to edify. My, my buddy, he's, he's pretty, pretty funny and pretty quick with things. He's like, he'll tell me, edify, you idiot. <laughs> I, I take it as funny. But edify, you idiot, because I'm being an idiot, right? But when we have unforgiveness in our hearts, it always comes out in our mouths. It does. James uh, 3, 10 through 11, out of the mouth, uh, we've read this before, out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Doth a fountain send forth both the same sweet water and bitter? No. No, we need to have uh, one production out of our lives. It needs to be sweetness. Um, bitterness corrupts everything in our lives. It doesn't allow us to edify. And edify is to, to cause to grow. We live, at, we live in a culture that's really good at tearing things down. Yeah. We ought not to be that way. Christians ought to be busy restoring life where the devil is trying to bring death. A mature Christian will take uh, potentially big problems and make them smaller. A carnal Christian will take small things and make them big. Mountain out of a molehill, right? You've heard that statement. The best example of ministering grace in our speech is the Lord Jesus Christ when he said in Luke 4, 22, and, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? In John seven forty six, the officers, officers answered, we Never man spake like this man. Gracious, grace speech came out of Christ. Have you ever heard the term, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind? A lot of us don't have a lot of mind to give. So, yeah. But we, we, that's not ministering grace. Number three, we need to refuse to grieve the Holy Spirit. Refuse to grieve the Holy Spirit. It goes on in Ephesians 4.30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Letter A. Bitterness grieves God. Bitterness grieves God. God saved us. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. We should be the happiest people in the world. I mean, if that just alone is all that we've got as a, as a Christian, we have more than we can take. But, so bitterness grieves God. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger be put away from you in verse 31. Let's define these words. Bitterness, extreme enmity, grudge, hatred, wrath, fierce rage, anger, blowing up with violent emotion. These sins tend to feed on each other. And in the Bible, God commands us to put them away. Put bitterness away. Sinful speech, letter B, sinful speech grieves God. Let all clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. The first three sins are primarily how we feel. The last three are primarily what we say. Clamor, a great outcry. Uh, to utter loud noises repeatedly, evil speaking, slander, speech injurious to others' good name, malice, all that is sinful. The issue begins in the heart as bitterness. 
the fans the flames are our emotions and we we react in anger and it spills out of us in our words and god tells us uh to root out that bitterness through forgiveness uh, an unknown author wisely stated, unforgiveness is the poison we drink, hoping others will die. Wow. Poison we drink. So who's, who's injured? We're injured. Sam Ewing, it's a little simple one here. Sam Ewing once said that it's wise to remember that anger is just one letter short of danger. So we must be a forgiving people. We ought to be a forgiving people. Christ forgave us. He, uh, he has given his uh, son to die on the cross. Uh, Lord gave, uh, God gave our son to die on the cross because we are undeserving. Yet he still forgave. So, lastly, number four, reflect on the Savior's forgiveness. If we have trouble with forgiveness, we have to remind ourselves of the Savior. We have to remind ourselves of, of what he did on the cross for us and how he, how he reacted to the worst thing that could happen to anyone. He chose to forgive. We serve a kind Savior. A kind Savior. Letter A. Sometimes we forget the kindness of God. And yet he shows us every day when we, fail, uh, when, we, when we fail to thank him or notice it, he still shows kindness to us. Ephesians 4.32, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted. Kind is having a tenderness or goodness of, nat- of nature, benevolent. Tenderhearted means to have strong inward compassion and sympathy. We are going to get hurt in our lives. There's going to be deep hurts in our lives many times. Sometimes it will be directed towards people. Sometimes it will be directed towards God. There are folks that have lost loved ones and they, only, they have to blame someone. So the quickest thing is to blame God. Why did you allow this to happen? I don't know the answer. I, I don't know. I, I, when somebody asks that question, how could a loving God do that? I, I don't know. I don't know how a loving God could send his son to die on the cross. This, this weekend of, of uh, Veterans Day, we, Cheryl and I have been watching some historical, some I would call them historical movies of, of, of accounts in, in war of, of people. I don't, I, don't, I don't like just war movies for a war movie. Very, can be, but, but accounts of, from books and people that have been in war and the toll it takes. And a lot of times, guys who struggle with war and struggle with what they had to do or what they saw, struggle with forgiveness, many times for themselves. I think one of the, the greatest snipers we, we ever had in the, in the military, Chris Kyle, um, very decorated, very, um, very determined in what he was doing, trying to save lives of, his, of the troops around him. But he struggled with what he had to do. And it'd be very easy to turn that unforgiving spirit on these people or animals. It was actually just evil. It's evil. When, when evil reigns in, in people's lives, when they don't have Christ, all they have is evil. And it can make people do horrible things. And 
and then you seemingly have to do a horrible thing too. War is it's awful. But we have a Savior that in this, in this world that is, is corrupt and He still loved us. He loved us and He forgave us. There's an old saying, be kind to everyone for everyone you meet is fighting a battle. You don't know what the other person's fighting. So if we choose to be kind first, maybe that'll help. Maybe that'll help the person struggling. Lastly, we serve a forgiving, letter B, we serve a forgiving Savior. A forgiving Savior. Forgiving means to give grace to pardon. It's me giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. Ephesians 4.32, forgive one another as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. As we said, God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross. He sent his son to Calvary. He forgave us of our sins. He paid the penalty. We didn't deserve it. Not even a little bit. We didn't deserve any of that grace. It's interesting that as Jesus hung on the cross, some of the last words he spoke were words of forgiveness in his pain. In Luke 23, 34, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. They didn't even know what they were doing. God forgave us. When we struggle with forgiveness, we have to remember what God did for us, what Jesus did on the cross. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, Whenever I see myself before God and realize something of what my blessed Lord has done for me at Calvary, I am ready to forgive anybody, anything. I cannot withhold it. I do not even want to withhold it. When others wrong us, God calls us to forgive and show them kindness. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good from Romans 12, 21. And all we have to do is look at him as an example. I'm so glad we have a loving God. I want to serve a loving God. uh, Just a little aside, it's one of the one of the reasons some people struggle uh, with, with God, uh, even coming to know God, is because maybe their earthly father wasn't a good father. So when I say a good heavenly, our heavenly father, that example's not there. Pastors talked about that. But we do have a good example. We do have the example of how, uh, of a heavenly father that loved us, sent his son to die for us. He loved Jesus. That's, that's the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we have that Holy Spirit living with us. Uh, when, we grieve, when we grieve that spirit, we're forgetting that he's there. When we, when we, when we hold bitterness, when we, when we uh, malice towards someone, uh, uh, he, he's there. We've got to remember that. So it's all about forgiveness, building below the baseline. We need to have a, a steady, firm foundation uh, in our lives with forgiveness. And I hope we all do. And just many families have been destroyed from lack of forgiveness and bitterness. Many church families have been destroyed. But this ought to be a place when we come and we edify, we encourage, we build up. Because we love each other. And we love those who don't, love, don't know the Lord yet. We want them to know and have that fellowship. So forgiveness. I hope that we can all work on that. I need to work on that. Uh, don't, don't manufacture anything like I've talked about. I've done that before. Why? And then you go see your relative and everything's fine. You know? That didn't, 
that didn't do anything. So, all right. Well, let's pray. We got to several to get to class here. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much that we can come and gather around your word, Lord. And thank you for loving us, uh, forgiving us for who we are. And we don't deserve your grace and your love that you give it to us anyway. And I just thank you for um, your son dying on the cross, but raising again, Lord, to show that he is God. And Lord, he overcame death and we can too. Lord, we love you. I just thank you for your words. Uh, be with the pastor as he brings the message. I pray that, Lord, this, this, um, this morning will be an honor to our veterans uh, for the sacrifice they've given for our country. Uh, such a wonderful country you've given us. She's, uh, she may not be perfect, but she's still our country. And, uh, Lord, we just love you. Hide the pastor behind the cross and soften our hearts to receive the message you've given him. In your precious name we pray. Amen. All right, folks. we got.